Hello, everyone. This is Smoke the Podcast, episode ten. Um, we're glad to be back. Had a little bit of a little bit of a break. It was about three weeks um, since our last podcast. Yep. Um, some uh, vacations and things uh, going out. So yeah, uh, we're we're a lot of developments uh, in the gun community. Yes. Uh, since we've been gone, not like we've been gone, but you know, yeah, um, you know, since our last, last couple weeks, so yeah, uh, we're going to cover that. Um, but the topics for today, the uh, the cigar that we are smoking is a Cinco Vegas, uh, Connecticut Gold, <laughs> or for those of you who do not speak Spanish, it is a Five Vegas. <laughs> um, and in the glass, uh, we're going to have Maker's Mark tonight, just regular old Maker's Mark. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> and our firearms topic of the day, the triggered topic, is the roller coaster of a ride. The standard capacity magazines um, that were legal in California, and well, you'll you got to stay tuned to stay kind of tuned. Figure, figure yeah, out keep, what happened. Keep on all listening. That. Yeah, it's gonna be good. <laughs> um, so, uh, what's up with the cigar? Um, go ahead and tell us about it. So, yeah, uh, the Cinco Vegas uh, Connecticut Gold. I'm going to just read a description here that we got on um, Cigar International, which, as you guys are coming to learn, is our favorite website for <laughs> cigars and getting cigars, buying cigars. Um, Teddy's going to pour the whiskey. Let me read this out here. So, this is a quote here uh, A slight nutty taste in this one, followed by some zesty, peppery notes on the back of the pack. A feisty sucker. But instantly it mellows into a polished smoothness and ample creaminess. Um, It stays utterly consistent from here on out, well balanced with a sturdy, creamy foundation and booms out thick clouds. What a charmer. Right around medium it is, not super mellow, but just shy of a middleweight. End quote. Um, So yeah, these... uh, uh, these cigars here are – we're actually smoking Churchill's tonight, which is uh, one of the – actually, I would argue the most popular um, size of cigar. Um, uh. They're they're seven inches long and a 50 ring gauge um, Honduran filler and binder, uh, Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Um, although these came in a Connecticut sampler package, um, this one's actually going to be a middleweight uh, Connecticut. So it's going to actually be more medium-bodied. Um, these are going to be stronger than what we're used to. Although, according to what I'm reading here, they should be pretty mild for for a medium-bodied cigar. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, from the initial light, um, medium body is sounds about right. I don't, I don't know about the strength. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as uh, the flavor, though, medium definitely. body is definitely it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did do have the peppery notes. Um, smell of the cigar, just smelling the wrapper. It's got a little chocolatey. It's the yeah, it, it, yeah, a little, a little chocolate, a little of that kind of like hay or yeah, barnyard uh, kind of scent to it. Um, definitely, uh, when they say zesty, uh, I'm definitely getting that. I'm already getting mm-hmm. kind of the the uh, prickles uh, in my on my tongue and things like that, like you would um, when when eating some pepper or something like that. Um, I don't want to say spicy because that's mm. the wrong wrong description, but. Um, you can definitely, definitely taste it. Well, I mean, I, I've had um, cigars that I feel are spicy, and if I describe something as spicy, it's usually the heat without the peppery flavor. Right. Um, where this has kind of like that distinct black pepper flavor. Yeah, um, it does. A little bit of it, yeah. Um, what is interesting here is it says it booms out thick clouds of smoke. Um, I'm actually not getting that at all. Mine, mine's pretty tight on the draw, um, and I don't know if that – I think that has something to do with it. Um, 
but yeah. It, it could be. Mine's uh, got a tight draw also. Yeah. Um, but we use the... You know, I don't smoke Churchill's too much, so I don't know if that's uh, something common in Churchill's. Because um, I seem to smoke... Or maybe this because this one's so long. It seems like I smoke uh, thicker ring gauge cigars, right? Right, and shorter too. So and shorter, yeah. The 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 length of distance. I mean, it, and we're talking in a mere mere inch or two inches at the most. Um, the length of distance between where your actual heat center is, um, the the lit end of the cigar to to the draw, um, is a lot longer. So you're mm-hmm. actually having to use a bit more force to get um, out more smoke. But um, we'll see as it goes. Uh, we have a huge, huge um, topic that we're going to be talking about today for our triggered topic. Um, so we're probably going to just m- quickly revisit um, the cigar and whiskey tonight. Yeah. Just so you guys are aware. So we have a little longer of a cigar than yeah, normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so in the glass, we just, like I said, regular old Maker's Mark. Um, those of you who know, uh, I'm a Maker's 46 fan. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is, I would say, their... Step down. They're you know it's just their well, standard. Well, it's just their run of the mill. Yeah, yeah run of the mill bourbon. Yeah. Um, so you can find it for about twenty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's basically kind of where where it runs. Um, so the description from Breaking Bourbon. Uh, on the nose, you have notes of vanilla, caramel, uh, or caramel, however you say it, <laughs> brown sugar, and even a bit of strawberry. Um, um, yeah, we'll 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 see uh, on the palate. Notes of toffee, vanilla, and oak are the most prevalent, uh, with fainter hints of toasted nut and cinnamon. Overall, it has a uh, thin but buttery mouthful, mouthfeel. I'm sorry, uh, that goes down smooth, and the finish, uh, the palate's uh, flavors that carry over to the uh, finish are by no means deep and layered, but overall they're pleasant and hard uh, to find fault with. Um, so, basically. Uh, Maker's Mark is just pretty simple bourbon. Yeah. I mean, uh, nothing too special. Uh, there was something on Breaking Bourbon when I looked up the notes um, saying that if you ask for a bourbon in a bar, more than likely you're either going to get Maker's Mark or uh, or uh, Jim Beam. So, cheers. Let's see on the nose. I guess I can get a little bit of that strawberry. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I was going to say fruit. fruit um, but, yeah, now that I read that, yeah, strawberry um vanilla as well uh, oh I, I mean i got a lot of oak <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah a lot um, of oak in mine <laughs> yeah oak and uh, toasted nuts probably yeah that uh <laughs> now nah, i know why i like makers 46 <laughs> it's definitely it's, smoother it's, it's a, this is a little uh, a little rougher going down but i will say this though the, the finish doesn't last like i mean it, it's gone like the and so it says that it carries over to the finish but are n- by no means uh deep and layered um the finish actually was probably the best part of that um sip that i just had as it as it kind of faded out and then the the sharpness of the oak and the, the toasted nut flavors kind of start to diminish a little bit and and then it starts to go oh that that's good i'm i feel like i'm gonna enjoy this more once the ice melts well most likely <laughs> i mean that that's usually what happens with me anyway yeah so. yeah um just a couple of facts uh, it's 90 proof um and maker's mark uh, has a trademark on the red dripped wax yes so other to be to specify uh-huh. um other companies can use wax to seal their bottles they cannot drip the wax, though, the way that Maker's Mark does. And they're all unique, too. They're not the same, obviously, because they just get dipped and turned upside down. Uh-huh. So 
that's pretty cool. That's always been something that uh, has fascinated me with Maker's Mark. Yeah. Um, I've always liked that. That's something that's always been yeah. pretty cool. I it, it is pretty cool. Um, well, before we get into our triggered firearms topic of the day, I just wanted to take a quick moment to revisit something that we talked about um, in, in a few of the, the other episodes. But um, just a quick pitch for those of you who are listeners and are interested in going hunting. Um, for this coming season, uh, seasons in California for hunting start July 1st of every year. So it's more like a school year where you have, uh, this year it'll be 2019, 2020 season Uh together. Um, what I was going to say is though, for those of you that are interested, you may want to consider signing up for hunter safety courses within the next couple months. Um, the closer we get to the opening of the season, which, uh, is for us who do small game, it's going to be cottontail Mm -hmm. July 1st. But then obviously as we get closer to September 1st, with dove season um classes start filling up like very they get packed and and it's hard to to get into classes close by um so i always recommend even though we're still like six months out start start planning um because it'll take you a month probably to get into a class like saying that they're scheduled like a month out yeah it's typical for um beginning hunters to uh, start at bird hunting so yeah the start of bird hunting season is when it's going to start really yeah. picking up they get really busy so um that's that's all i had to say i just wanted to let our listeners know who are interested in hunting um go online look up california hunter safety or hunter's ed you'll find a bunch of different resources and links um if you have any questions let us know we can always post something on our facebook or on instagram in regards to it as well but um now on to the uh triggered firearms topic um so, well, I'll just start off by uh, asking what happened. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what happened in this roller coaster a couple of weeks? Yeah. So to, to summarize, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give a really brief, brief, brief explanation. Then we're going to go through it kind of step by step what happened in the last week. And then we're going to kind of talk about our personal experience with the entire event. Um, and then before we get into it, uh, another thing I'd like to note is this is episode 10. So this is kind of a, a little bit of a milestone for uh-huh. Theodore and, and, and myself and for uh, Smoke the Podcast. And so we actually had a really cool episode 10 planned. Um, we were going we to smoke some really special cigars and drink some very special whiskey. Um, we'll get to that, I guess, another time. Yeah. Um, and, and we had a great topic planned um and we had everything ready to go and we were we were getting everything prepped uh this last week preparing for for the recording tonight and uh then all of a sudden we had some crazy uh developments in california with some gun laws and so we decided to scratch uh the whole episode and and bring you this one um and so uh, we're going to do the best that we possibly can to mm-hmm. try and give you our interpretation of what has happened. That's a key word, our interpretation. Uh, yes. we <laughs> Again, as we've said on many episodes before, we're not lawyers. We're not experts. We're just two guys that are um, hunting and uh, shooting sports enthusiasts. So um, we're just going to give you our interpretation, the layman's interpretation of mm-hmm. kind of what's going on. Yep, so. Just a regular old uh, gun owners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, California citizens. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and get started. So basically, uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about standard capacity magazines in California for those California listeners out there. Um, what we mean by standard capacity is what is referred to commonly here in California as high capacity. Um, basically what that means is anything over 10 rounds, Mm -hmm. anything, any magazine that carries more than 10 rounds. Um, and so, so that's kind of what we're going to be kind of talking about today. So, 
Um, the brief, brief overview is basically from March 29th, 2019 to April 5th, 2019. So for one week, standard capacity, AKA high capacity in California, um, standard capacity magazines were legal to purchase and possess in the state. This was due to a ruling by U.S. District Judge Roger ben- Benitez, and I hope I'm not butchering that. Um, Benitez, yeah. Benitez, yeah. Declaring uh, the California large capacity magazine laws unconstitutional. Um, so basically what this means in short, um, even shorter than that, is that uh, high capacity or standard capacity, mm-hmm. whichever you want to call it, yes. um, were legal to purchase for one week in California due to this U.S., so a federal district judge, stating that the California laws are unconstitutional. So um, why okay. it only lasted for one week, we'll get into that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's... Well, uh, so let's start off by what were the laws or what, uh, uh, what was California subject to before this ruling? Okay, so um, I have the law here and I'm going to read it pretty much... Um, well, it's not verbatim. I've, I've paraphrased it. It's going to be a lot of legalese, so please bear with me. Um, but I think it's very important because it, it's the foundation of, of the entire argument that kind of took place this week. Um, so this, these were enacted, um, I believe, in 2016, um, but they were set to kind of go into effect in 2017. And for those of you who don't know, um, since 2000, um, since the year 2000, uh, there's been a high-capacity magazine ban or standard-capacity yes. magazine ban in California. However, in 2000, anyone who had purchased uh, standard-capacity, high-capacity magazines um, prior to 2000 were able to have them and keep them grandfathered in. Yes, anything so they, prior to the, uh, to the law. Yeah, so they could still possess them, um, but you couldn't purchase any more after the year 2000. So um, – or uh, bring them in from another state. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so manufacture, purchase, uh, import, things like that. Um, you couldn't do that. And then the other thing that you couldn't do as well is, let's say um, you had someone who had some grandfathered in high capacity magazines. They couldn't give them to another person to hold um, for them as okay. in their possession. So you couldn't even have them um, in possession if they weren't yours mm-hmm. that you had purchased. So, anyways, let's look at um, Article One. So. This is rules governing large capacity magazines. This is penal code section 32310 in the state of California. Uh, Part A says any person in California who manufactures, imports, keeps, offers, and exposes for sale or who gives, lends, buys, or receives any large capacity magazine is punishable by imprisonment in a county jail not exceeding one year or uh, not exceeding one year of imprisonment. Part B says, for purposes of this section, manufacturing um, includes both fabricating a magazine and assembling a magazine from a com- uh, combination of parts, including but not limited to the body, spring, follower, floor plate, uh, or end plate, to be fully functioning um, as a large capacity magazine. C, any person in the state who possesses any large capacity magazine, regardless of the date the magazine was acquired, is guilty of an infraction punishable by a fine not to exceed $100 per large capacity magazine, or is guilty of a misdemeanor punishable by a fine not to exceed $100 per large capacity magazine, by imprisonment uh, in a county jail not to exceed one year, by both that fine and imprisonment. 
part D says any person who may not lawfully possess a large capacity magazine commencing on July 1st, 2017 shall prior to that date, one, remove the large capacity magazine from the state, two, sell the large capacity magazine to a licensed firearm dealer, or three, um, surrender the large capacity magazine to a law enforcement agency for proper destruction. Um, so again, this was amended in 2016. So prior to that, like I said, you could possess them. You just couldn't purchase, import, manufacture them. Um, and this was after that fact. Now, um, if we look at uh, the next section of the penal code, so there's a whole bunch of, of codes that, that correspond, but these are the two main ones. Uh, this is penal code section 32311. Um, this one deals with magazine conversion kits. I'm not going to read it. It's all the same thing as far as manufacturing, importing, blah, 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 blah. Um, but basically, it's the same thing. Um, for the purposes of that section, a large capacity magazine conversion kit um, quoted uh, is a device or combination of parts of a fully functioning large capacity magazine, including but not limiting limited to the body spring follower for plate or end plate capable of converting an ammunition feeding device into a large capacity magazine. So those were the current laws, um, that were on the books. Uh, and again, that, that was kind of upsetting for those that were grandfathered in for 17 years. Um, and then they took place in, in 2017, this same judge, uh, that we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, Benitez, uh, he had filed an injunction though, um, to where the people that did grandfather in, um, weren't going to have to give possession immediately until the appeals Mm -hmm. uh, process had been completed. And then again, we're further into that now in 2019. So, um, so yeah, that that's that's the law as far as as far as what what it says. States. And that's as it stood uh, before March 29th. Before March 29th, that was exactly as it stood. Yes. Okay. So um, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> it is. Um, but from from what I gather, it's they're just basically trying to make it so. Um, any large capacity magazine really just can't be possessed at all. I mean, um, when when the the law came in with 2000, um, the grandfathered in magazines were all okay. Um, the problem I see with that law and with a lot of California laws um, is they pass the laws without no real way of enforcing it. Um, and with the magazines, uh, that's always kind of been a weird a weird one because you know how do they know when you got your magazines or right um you know yeah uh, any, any of that information yeah during that during that 17 year period mm-hmm. where the grandfather clause was in effect i mean essentially and again not recommending that um that someone do this but you know uh anyone could have picked up a magazine um, dated prior because a lot of them are date stamped, um, but dated prior to that time period and been like, yeah, they're yeah, I got them before yeah. they were grandfathered in, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's always, <laughs> I mean, there's you know what I mean. So and it and the state in this case would have the burden of proof to yeah. prove that no, you didn't. And I mean, there's just no way to track it, especially with uh, cash and um, just being able to mm-hmm. you know purchase things like that. So. Um, so, um, as far as, uh, March 29th, what was the ruling? What do you, what happened that day? <laughs> so March 29th was a pretty crazy day. I remember, um, in fact, uh, messaging you and, and a couple of our cousins and, um, letting you guys know, oh my gosh, did you guys see the story that uh-huh. just popped up on the news? And it was actually quite funny. Um, 
because the first few news agencies I saw are known for typically being uh, more right-leaning. Um, <laughs> I did not see it on any of the, the more left-leaning um, news <laughs> outlets until after it was really in effect. Um, and then their articles, the, the, their articles were, were kind of uh, in a panic. But basically what happened was the ruling stated uh, that day U.S. District Judge uh, Benitez ruled that 10-round limits uh, on magazines are unconstitutional, straight up uh, just violation of the Constitution, um, violation of our Second Amendment rights mm-hmm. um, as American citizens, not as, not as Californians, but as American citizens. Um, the the great thing about it is as even though in this case it really only affected California, it doesn't affect some of the other states that do have um, these laws on the books as well. Um, it sets precedent, though, um, for for later cases um, as being unconstitutional, which is good. So that's a good thing um, in in his. Uh, in his ruling, he actually cited three instances where females were attacked. Um, and in two of the instances, he mentioned that the two females did not have enough ammo to uh, to uh, properly defend against the uh, assailants and became victims. Now, um, I don't want to go into detail on any of that, but let's just uh, say that at the end of the day, um, being a victim is never something that you want. So... Um, yeah. that, that was his, his reasoning is that these two women, um, had, had low capacity magazines, um, did not have enough ammo and, and unfortunately were, were victims of crime. Um, he, in the third instance, he cited one female who was carrying a large capacity, high capacity, standard capacity magazine. We'll just, um, we'll just refer to them as standard, standard capacity, capacity <laughs> now. Um, yeah. Uh, and she had enough bullets, um, to where she was able to, uh, successfully defeat uh her combatants um and therefore was not a victim of Uh crime um in that particular case i believe she was wearing a nightgown um that did not have pockets to carry an extra magazine Mm -hmm. and she was holding um a cell phone while on the phone with uh 911 um and so she didn't have an extra hand to reload Mm -hmm. um and so in that case it was very necessary for her to have um, the extra rounds to deal with uh, these criminals that were essentially coming to cause her serious bodily injury or death. Um, so going back to to the ruling and to the beginning of this whole thing, um, it was it was interesting because um, I first heard of it from I believe a family member who sent a text or an email, and um, you know a, a lot of times um, I, I don't necessarily. I I always got to do the research. So my initial thought was, oh, they, they, um, they overturned the grandfathered in, uh, magazines. Uh, like that whole portion of it is what they were talking about. Right. Um, because, uh, I know a lot of people kind of, uh, especially in California, if you, if you don't know a lot about the laws, um, sometimes things sound like victories that really aren't big victories. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I think a couple of years ago, um, when the 2017 laws uh, were trying to go into effect, um, you know, they tried to put a block and everybody was saying, oh, we're going to get, you know, the standard com- uh, capacity magazine. And then when you read into it, you're like, oh, no, they're just blocking the fact that yeah. the grandfather in magazines don't have to be um, destroyed or yeah. turned into the police. Yeah. Um, so my initial thought was 100% like, oh, yeah, there's there's no way that that this is real. Yeah, it was a lot of skepticism. Yeah. Um, because we, you know, I live in California. I've been through it. Well, I just feel like we, we deal with a lot of false alarms yeah. out here. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, people 
uh, people are so uh, starved for freedom. Yeah. <laughs> they sometimes overreact a little bit. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and a lot of people don't read. I mean, re- in reality, yeah. they see it on Facebook and go, oh my gosh, this is what it is. Read the headline and don't bother reading it into it. But So it took, it took about a day or two for me to realize that actually it, uh, it took store selling them for me. Um, because I figured once, um, once the stores sold them that they're, they're not going to re- to risk their store and you're talking to sell something illegal brick and mortar, California yes. stores, yes, brick and okay. mortar, California yeah. stores yeah. and even online stores. Cause they won't ship to you uh, if you're in California, if it's illegal. Well, that was the crazy part for me. Cause I heard it as well. And, uh, I think I had spoken with you that day about it and, uh, and had, uh, and then I began – I wasn't skeptical at first because uh-huh. I had read through it and said, no, this is what it says. And then, then you had me doubting myself for a little while. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe I did get overexcited. <laughs> and I read through it again. I go, no, I think that, that that's right. And it was confirmed um, to me. I think it was the next day. So it would have been um, the, the 30th, which was a Saturday, um, when I uh, saw that – I believe it was Palmetto State Armory uh-huh. uh, via Mr. Guns and Gears. Oh yeah! Shout out uh, to Mr. Guns and Gear. Yeah, Mr. Guns and Gear. He he, uh, he he really came through with yeah. this one and Miss, yeah, uh, posting a bunch of deals and really uh, sub- and showing his support for us Californians. Yeah, we really appreciate it, and we'll go more into that as 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 we get further into the topic. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, after I started seeing that he had posted that um, he had confirmed with uh, a few different sites, and I, like I said, I believe Palmetto State Armory was one of the first ones. Uh-huh. I don't know if they were the first. But I know they were definitely one of the very first companies that said, uh, absolutely, our lawyers have looked over everything. We're going to start shipping magazines immediately. Place your orders. Um, so that was that was actually really cool. And that's kind of when it, it rang a bell with me, like, okay, uh. this, is, this is real. Um, and then when I started noticing, yeah, that the brick-and-mortar stores in California are saying we're receiving shipments in a day or two from Magpul, from – um, surefire from a lot of these yeah. <laughs> these companies. I'm going. Wow, this is this is for real. This is uh, absolutely 100% real. Um, so that was pretty cool. So that that essentially was the outcome of um, of the ruling. Yeah. It was it was. I mean, it was crazy how quickly things were being updated mm-hmm. um, within matters of minutes. I know Mr. Guns and Gear. Um, and the only reason why we'll probably continue to mention him is is he was 100% on the forefront of informing people. Um, he made so many videos and was just really good about informing um, the Californians, but also the rest of the nation who has no idea what we're dealing with here. Yeah, um, and um, I find that a lot of the uh, community that doesn't live in California, um, they, I don't know if they completely understand you know, a lot of uh, you hear a lot of well, just move, move to a free state. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, I got family here and stuff. You know? Family, but uh, work, I, I got yeah. Move, you, you know? can't just you you can't just always move and, and things like that. And so, um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. And um, and again, we'll get in into that a little bit more. But um, yeah, that was pretty neat to see all of that and and to see uh, um, all uh, essentially all <laughs> all the standard capacity mags flooding into California. That was yeah, awesome. And I think the the um, the outpouring of support too, or, or uh, maybe not even support, but just uh, cries for help uh, yeah. from like New York and yeah. states like New Jersey, where they have I think seven round yeah. um, magazine laws. That might have given them a little bit of hope that maybe uh, that there yeah. is something possible <laughs> that could be done. Um, but yeah, again, we'll, we'll get into that more of, of just some of the stuff that we we saw and heard during this time. 
Um, so, so basically, again, we have this ruling, um, high capacity or standard capacity magazines, uh, should be legal. It's unconstitutional to have a ban on them. Um, the outcome was that, uh, magazines started pouring into California and were legal to purchase and possess. Um, so now essentially (laughs) this was like an absolute nightmare for the state of California, Uh um, as far as the government goes, Mm -hmm. um, the people, um, all the behind enemy lines, uh, (laughs) second amendment supporters (laughs) here in, in California were pretty excited, but the state, uh, the government portion of the state was definitely not thrilled about it. Um, in fact, Gavin Newsom, our, our governor was uh, pretty upset. I have a quote here from him. Um, stating that this district uh, court judge's failure to uphold a ban on high-capacity magazines is indefensible, dangerous for our communities, and contradicts well-established case law. I strongly disagree with the court's assessment that the problem of mass shootings is very small. Our commitment to public safety and defending common-sense gun safety laws remains steadfast. <laughs> well said, Gavin. Well said. Like I don't even know how he talks. So I don't know how don't he talks either. I have no idea either, but <laughs> that's, that's just... <laughs> um, and then our attorney general, Mr. Javier Becerra, said, uh, and I quote, California leads the nation when it comes to common-sense gun laws. We should all be ensuring the safety of our communities, not fighting against law standing laws that improve public safety well i will agree 100 percent that we lead the nation in gun laws <laughs> yeah seriously um now whether that's a good or bad thing is i think we agree on that uh, we disagree on that 100 percent. absolutely um but <laughs> so so the cliff notes on this is basically the attorney general who in reality yes the governor runs california but um, in this particular case, the attorney general, it's his, his job, so to speak, to handle an issue like this. Um, and he basically wanted to halt all magazine sales that were coming in um, as a result of the uh, ruling. Um, in fact, uh, he stated that it would, in, it would be hard essentially to remove all the magazines that were now going to be flooding into yeah. California. Um, and that, that was the main reason uh, why he wanted to fight it. So he filed for a stay, which in legal terms, a stay just means basically going back to the way it was until an appeal process is completed. Um, and so uh, he wanted to stay as early as April 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, in his reasoning for the stay, he cited multiple shootings since 2011 with standard capacity magazines. Uh, that was his main reason for it. And then also... Wait, so I have a question. Yes, if standard capacity magazines are illegal, then how did they get into the state? Huh. I wonder if it has anything to do with the argument that criminals <laughs> do what they want. That criminals are not law-abiding citizens. Um, <laughs> Who yeah. would have thought that, right? <laughs> I thought that, yeah. Well. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, um, and in fact... To commentate on that a little bit, um, I did some research and uh, I happened to stumble across a peer-reviewed article uh, labeled Large Capacity Magazines and the Casualty Counts in Mass Shootings, the Plausibility of the Linkages. Uh, This was published in Justice Research and Policy Volume uh, Issue 17. Um, uh, Sorry, my bad. Justice Research and Policy, Volume 17, Issue 1, uh, pages 28 through 47. I read through the whole thing. Um, I'm not going to read through the whole thing on here because it would take quite a while. But I am going to read a portion of the abstract, um, which essentially, for those of you that don't know, an abstract is a summary 
um, or the cliff notes, so to speak, mm -hmm. of a peer-reviewed article. So this basically just gives you an outline of, of what's in the article. But this was written by Gary Kleck, which uh, is a prof he's a professor at the College of Criminology and Criminal Justice at Florida State University in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, and so he basically just writes um, that the most common rationale for an effect of LCMs, or large capacity magazines, um, you, uh, the use of them is that they allow mass killers to fire many rounds without ever reloading. LCMs are known to have been used in less than one-third of 1% 1 of all mass shootings in reality. Uh, news accounts of 23 shootings in which more than six people were killed or wounded and LCMs were known to have been used occurring in the United States in 1994 to 2013 were examined in this study. Uh, there was only one incident in which the shooter may have been stopped by uh, bystander intervention when he tried to reload. In all 23 incidents, the shooter possessed either multiple guns or multiple magazines, meaning that the shooter, even if denied LCMs, could have continued firing without significant interruption by either switching loaded guns or changing smaller loaded magazines with only a two to four second delay for each magazine change. Finally, the data indicate that mass shooters maintain such slow rates of fire that the time needed to reload would not increase the time between shots and thus the time available for prospective victims to escape. Um, so to summarize, basically what he's saying is that uh, large capacity magazines were actually only used in one third, in less than one third of 1% of all mass shootings. So that's like point. 3%. Yes, 0 0.03. 0 0.03, yeah. my bad. Sorry, 0.03%, which is pretty small. Um, he noted 23 shootings from 1994 to 2013, and he also noted that they had either multiple guns or multiple magazines in those cases. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you were going to go on a mass shooting, if someone were to go on a, a mass shooting, a criminal, right, were to go on a mass shooting, and they were going to take multiple guns with the intention to kill somebody else. Do you think that they would be worried about getting a felony or misdemeanor charge for carrying a large capacity magazine? No. No. <laughs> That's the least of their concerns. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> that and, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, is he saying that, essentially that it's not as it's not effective? Yeah. Uh, really, yeah. Uh, for an, an offense, offensive as it is, uh, more deep. Yeah, for it's defense. better for defensive yeah. shooting. In fact, I I read through the whole article, like I said, and one of the things that he noted, um, he said, uh, both unfortunately, but more so fortunately. Thank God we have no way to test this. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is great. I mean, there's no real way to test. Okay, how many rounds can we, you know, and this and that. Um, because it's it's not like warfare it's a completely different style of a of an attack and so um what he was saying though is that if you actually look at at videos at timelines of things the amount of shots being fired are, are less mm -hmm. than what you would need for a large capacity magazine and on top of that if you were firing as many rounds downrange as possible it actually reduces your accuracy yes um and so that was also one of the things that he noted as well he found that yes that they are far more useful for defensive situations and so the fact that the stay the whole reason why I bring this up is the fact that the stay that was the actual one of the real reasons is that a these magazines are going to be flooding into california um and we want to stop mass shootings um 
and that's why we think that that they shouldn't be coming into California is because now mass shooters can get a hold of them and, and go shoot people. Mm. Um, we've already talked on a few, I think one episode or two episodes about mass shootings and how um, many of the guns acquired are illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, at the same time, once again, to stop them from acquiring illegal, you know. Yeah, or, I you think. Know. So um, I just don't think that that's a very strong basis for that argument. No, and I think, in my opinion, um, if you... If I think about it logically, um, someone who's going to commit a mass shooting or uh, terrible crime like that, um, it's a matter of, of having the ammunition on you. Um, so regardless if they're in 10-round magazines or in 15-round magazines, um, you know they're going to carry enough. I mean, even if they carried it out and were concerned about the law and they said, okay, well, since I can't have... Uh, <laughs> Uh, standard capacity. I'll I'll bring ten rounders. They're gonna bring enough gonna of bring them. Enough of them to to do the damage that they want to do. Yeah. Where the uh, my argument is the reason why I would like standard capacity magazines is because I'm not going out with the intention of ever doing anything to anybody. Um, but I want to have the ammo on me in case I need to protect myself. Um, so the more ammo that I can have conveniently, uh, the better it is. For me, yeah, you know, so if I can carry um, 15 rounds in my magazine, uh, in my gun, that's five more rounds than, uh, you know, than, than a 10 round magazine would allow me to have, obviously. Um, and I wouldn't even have to carry, you know, like an extra magazine. Right. Um, so, you know, it, it really, it really helps me out to have the standard capacity uh, magazine where it doesn't really it's not really as much of a benefit to the mass shooter right um right yeah because you know they're they're expecting to well to, and they to expend all that the medicine, article all that, went uh, in ammunition. yeah the article went into a little more detail too and the fact that in all the mass shootings that you see the intention is to inflict mass casualties not to shoot as much as possible yeah um and so um oftentimes i, I mean we we've looked at this before but oftentimes they're using handguns or shotguns they're not even using things like ar-15s where um uh, the lethality rate might might be a little higher at a distance, but mm-hmm. these guys are typically in close quarter situations, and so they want to use something that's going to devastate, like a shotgun. Yeah, um, in close quarter situations, because they have no fear of going up to somebody and shooting them, right. because they know they're not going to get shot. Back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, especially um, in a gun free zone, nobody nobody has guns. They right. they know this already. Right, and that's why typically they you know. target those types of things. And and again, this is more about the magazines and and a lot less about the uh, the mass shootings. But we have to bring it up because that is one of the arguments mm-hmm. that's that's used. In fact, and um, and and I think Judge uh, Benitez is right when he said that there there's such a small fraction of the actual gun violence that goes on. I mean, he talked about things such as like you know just general violent crime, mm-hmm. carjackings, robberies, uh, rapes, and attempted murders, assault and battery, things like that, where people are injured or even killed on a daily basis, just going about their day to day lives, and could have had the opportunity to maybe defend themselves if they were concealed carrying. Um, and let's say you have three assailants coming towards mm-hmm. you in to rob a, a liquor store or, or just anything for that matter. Um, having only 10 rounds might not be effective. And a lot of people think, well, if you shoot someone once, then they might go down. And um, it's possible. It's, it's a definite yeah, possibility. Even if, you shoot, but, even if you shoot somebody um, – I've heard this, this example. Like if you shoot somebody um, and it's lethal, that doesn't necessarily mean it stopped them. So uh, for example – you can shoot somebody and and 
even if you shot them on an operating table with a doctor, they would still die from that wound. Right. But they're not going to die immediately. No. So if you shoot somebody in defense, they can still potentially hurt you. Yeah, absolutely. And and not to mention you have um, an, even with a lethal wound. Right. And that's assuming perfect case scenario mm-hmm. that you're able to assess the threat, realize that it's a deadly threat, draw your firearm, fire, hit the assailant or this suspect or whatever and and put them on the ground. That would be perfect case scenario. Yes. Most of the time you a might not even know that they're an assailant until the last minute or until it's too late you might not be able to draw and fire quick enough your adrenaline might get your hand shaking too much Mm -hmm. people that are not trained to deal with live fire situations are not going to react um all the same everyone's different and so you may not be accurate i mean there's so many recorded um uh incidents with you know officer involved shootings where the officer draws uh uh, beretta and fires you know uh, 16 rounds or whatever you know he whatever magazine he has in there um, and none of them <laughs> hit yeah. the suspect uh, because you have all these other factors that, that go into it. And so having those extra rounds can make all the difference in the world. I mean, I think for me, if someone was going to come into my house in the middle of the night and, and do like a home invasion robbery type thing, um, I, I try and think to myself, OK, I'd be half asleep. So I wouldn't be alert. Um, it'd probably be dark in my home. And yes, I know the layout better than someone who might be coming into my home. Um, but what's to say that I'm going to be able to react swiftly and accurately, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, even having the extra rounds, not even necessarily to to uh, shoot or, or hit the assailant, but mainly just to keep them pinned down in an area while my wife or family or friends or whoever's in, in that area can get away um, and give me enough time to also get away with 10 rounds, also having to reload, things like that. Um, that can that can pose for a tough situation. And in reality, um, to me, this whole thing, um, a lot of people were, were a lot more concerned about getting the AR-15 and the AK-47 magazines, yeah. the 30-rounders. Um, and, and that's important too. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, more I, I would actually wager that um, a 16-round 9mm magazine was more useful to me. In this, that's in, what I was looking for. I mean, yeah. that's what I wanted was just standard pistol. Uh, standard capacity pistol magazines. Yeah, um, the, yeah. The thirty rounders for the ARs and stuff. Are, and 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 those are secondary. Even though you know, I, I would find them useful. But yeah, yeah, absolutely, they'd be useful. But in in reality, you know, in in both of our situations, I don't think that an AR fifteen would be the best to defend our our homes or. Um, things like yeah, that. Yeah, just just, just based you know, on our situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, I, so, I was going to say something. Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we probably went off on to to a tangent there, but um, it is all important because it all pertains. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll just move on. I, I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no worries. If you come, if you get it back, we'll yeah. we'll circle back to it. But so essentially the state responded um and they were very upset with everything it was very negative and and just um did not care at all about the law abiding citizens mm-hmm. that live in this state that have to deal with the crime that's in the streets here and um and and deal with with the fact that i mean essentially we are being denied rights our, yeah. our second amendment rights and so um that kind of sucked so the final Oh, you got it. I do got it. Okay, you got well, it. I was going to go back to um, the, the uh, kind of like another reason why we would need them is, is you look at tactics of uh, of trained people and of like mass shooters. Yeah. And going back to the fear thing where uh, like a mass shooter doesn't have a fear of getting shot. Right. Um, so they're not necessarily hiding or trying to find cover 
are doing any of that yeah. and trying to take longer shots, they're basically walking up to people and shooting them. Right. Um, yeah. And so, the, so really, the, um, that kind of takes the whole standard capacity magazine uh, out because, I mean, if you're walking up to somebody and shooting them, I mean, your chances of hitting your target are a lot higher um, because they have no fear of getting shot and a lot of them want to die anyway. Yeah. Um, where people like us and police officers or if somebody happens to be concealed carrying, you know, they're not trying to get shot. No. They're trying to hide <laughs> and they're trying to, you know, be as tactical as possible. Absolutely. And those extra rounds can make a difference. I mean, you know. Well, and, and yeah, absolutely. You're, you're spot on with that. I mean, I think, in fact, if you were to talk to most police officers uh, or, or even military um, a lot of what they're going to teach is suppressing fire. In fact, you're not really even uh, initially, you're not even really hitting or shooting to hit the target so much as to get the target to a position where they're now subdued. Um, and now you can make a tactical move to get towards them or get to a position where now you can take a shot that would neutralize the target. And so I think you're right. Having those extra rounds makes all the difference in the world. Yes, definitely. So, so uh, before we um, move on to the state of things right now okay so the final um, outcome let's yeah. let's uh let's review re revisit this cigar and the only reason uh we kind of talked about this before and thought like okay well you know we won't maybe talk about the cigar too much and we'll kind of stick on topic but i'm really enjoying this um <laughs> <laughs> i mean I, I don't have to babysit this thing at all uh it's burning perfectly the draws loosened up a little bit still a little bit tight but um i mean just uh really really good um, yeah yeah the uh, honestly the draw is is not bad it's not what i prefer uh, -huh. uh but it's really not bad at all I, I i do prefer a little bit looser of a draw but um yeah yep. you're right i haven't had to babysit the only relight i had to do was when i was reading those laws but that's because i took a good three to four minutes of not <laughs> puffing on the cigar um but surprisingly it tastes and just the scent that i'm getting normally i can't really smell the smoke when I'm smoking a cigar, but if someone next to me is smoking it, I can smell it. This one, I feel like I'm actually getting a lot of really good um, aroma off of. Um, the flavor's all there. Um, for It's got the mild flavor, but I'm not noticing, uh, or sorry, it's got a medium body flavor, but I'm not noticing the medium body kick. Yeah, uh, the or, strength, or strength. strength still seems pretty mild to me. Yeah. Um, hopefully it's not one of those ones that sneaks where they, up. they hit you all at once. <laughs> where it sneaks um, up on you. Yeah. Maybe I should stand up a couple times in between yeah. and see if, um, see if I have any of the head No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely taking this one a little easier than I probably uh, normally would. But it's also a much longer cigar and we've got a lot to talk about. So. Yeah. So um, what is the final outcome? What, what, what's, uh, what, what are the, the, the state of California – uh, right now, okay. as far as magazine capacity so goes. So we, we are actually, and I, I wouldn't normally do this, but we're actually recording on April 6th, mm -hmm. 2019. Um, this will probably go out sometime next week. So probably like the 7th, uh, no, sorry, the 8th or the 9th. Um, and uh, as of right now, um, so we heard obviously the uh, ruling um, that standard capacity magazines um, are legal or should be legal and that the ban on them is unconstitutional. Um, magazines started flooding into the state. The government, the state government responded, um, California government responded asking for uh, it to stop, to have the, there be a stay on the, the sale and importation. Um, and so um, Judge Benitez, who uh, I would also like to say thank you to him as well. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people had mixed issues on this, but personally, I think it was the right move. Um, he issued, he, he then returned, um, back to, 
the court and uh, issued the stay, um, which a lot of people were very upset about. Well, you ruled it unconstitutional. Now you're saying that we can't we can't have these magazines or can't buy these magazines anymore. Um, well, he, the reason why he did that in, in all actuality was because it would have shot straight up to the, the higher district court. I think it's the, the ninth uh, district of appeals. Okay. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, so don't quote me on it. But um, and, and they were more than likely just to ban everything altogether, go, go right back to the ban the way it was. And so um, this way, um, by, by putting this stay out there... Um, what he did was bought, I think it was an additional 24 hours for Californians to buy whatever ammo mm-hmm. or sorry, not ammo magazines that they could. Um, so I have to say thank you for him to thinking of all of us and yeah. allowing us to have the week, uh, to purchase what we, what we, uh, rightfully are, you know, yeah. Cause the guaranteed. stay uh, was effective April 5th at 5 PM. Uh, yeah. So it, it took effect April 5th at 5 p.m. So that was Friday at 5 p.m. Yeah, and they, they originally wanted it, what, the 2nd? The 2nd, and then um, from the 2nd, they uh, – and then from the 2nd, it got pushed back to the, the 4th. They were saying, okay, the 3rd. Every day, basically, yeah. they were pushing it back. No, we want it effective the 2nd. No, we want it effective the 3rd. Just get it done ASAP, and that's what the state was pushing for. And they were basically going to circumvent – um, this judge and go up uh, up above his head, so to speak, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna basically just get a get a ban um, put back in place. And so he issued the stay. Um, I think it was on on the fourth, uh-huh. but it didn't go into effect until uh, April fifth at five p.m. Yeah, now this is definitely on the fourth because I remember seeing uh, like a oh twenty four hours yeah. to get all your stuff. I know um, a lot of the brick and mortar stores stayed open late. They hired uh, temps and and people like that to. Um, help sell as many magazines as they possibly could, which was pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, it was basically the idea is we're going to just have this stay effective on, on April 5th at 5 PM pending the appeal. Um, that being said, um, Benitez did not comply, um, or did not have his stay include possession, which is also a huge win for California. So initially, the original stay was, okay, no more purchases, no more manufacturing, no more importing, nothing like that, and no more possession. Get Have all the people that bought them get rid of their magazines. And he said, absolutely not. Um, it, was, it was legal for seven days. They can possess now. Um, but no more purchase, no more manufacturing, no more importing. And, and again, like I said, there were a lot of people that were abs- like, this is so wrong. Why would he go back on his word? It was actually for the benefit of California, yeah. um, which is really cool. Yeah, um, I think um, I think it really just got the ball rolling um, for me. You know, when when he ruled it unconstitutional, that got the that got the ball rolling. So this this hopefully uh, can, he can win the appeal and then it just become effective right uh, permanently. So um, uh, just some notes that I found on the courthouse news service. This was an article by Bianca Bruno. Um, this is not, uh, this is definitely paraphrased. This is not word for word, but just some of her notes that I was able to find that Benitez found the state can resume enforcing the 2000 state law, not the 2017, but uh-huh. the 2000 state law, barring the importation, manufacturing, sale, gifting, lending, or buying of gun magazines with 10, um, with more than 10 rounds of ammunition pending a proper appeal process. Um, again, he protected those who had already purchased, imported, manufactured, etc. Um, any magazines by not requiring them to give them up. 
which was really cool. The law criminalizing the importation or sale of high-capacity magazines was reinstated on April 5th at 5 p.m. In his order, Benitez wrote, the court understands that strong emotions are felt by people of goodwill on both sides of the constitutional and social policy questions. The court understands that thoughtful and law-abiding citizens can and do firmly hold competing opinions on firearm magazine restrictions. These concerns augur in favor of judicial deliberation. There is an immeasurable societal benefit of maintaining the immediate status quo while the process of judicial review takes place. So it's obvious that he realizes that there are two sides of this mm -hmm. and that it does need to be properly argued in, in court. Yeah, and for those that maybe know me personally, that's always kind of been my thing is, you know, let's talk about it, let's, let's argue about it. Um, and kind of, you see a lot of the uh, gun community, um, you know, putting down other people yeah. that don't necessarily agree with them. And uh, my stance is usually um, they they just don't know. Yeah. And, and it could be uh, the other way around. You know, maybe we just don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, I just think that, uh, you know, when, when presented with something, uh, when presented with, with this argument, do you want to keep the streets more dangerous or do you want to keep it safer? Um, if you think that you're, uh, by, you know, uh, cutting down the magazine capacity is going to make you safer because you don't really know anything about guns or you don't really know anything about, um, uh, you know, you don't, you just don't have a lot of experience with it. Yeah. Um, then I don't really, I don't necessarily blame you for, uh, for voting for that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could, I can understand why. Yeah. So the purpose is to kind of educate people. Um, you know, and so hopefully, uh, we can get that out there and show like, this is why we need this. You know, this is why it's good for us, um, to have standard capacity magazines, you know, to protect ourselves and other people, you know, to, uh, mainly I want to protect me and my family. Um, but you know, if, if something happens and you know, I'm pr in protecting myself, I could be protecting somebody else too. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, it's just good to understand where other people are coming from. And the other thing too, if you're arguing with somebody and you understand where they're coming from, they'll be a little more, uh, they'll listen to you a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean? More receptive. Yeah. If, if, yes, more receptive. Exactly. If, um, you know, if you guys are just in a shouting match, putting each other down, then nobody gets away. No, nobody hears anybody. Yeah. You know, and that that's why I think uh, Judge Benitez did did the right thing yeah. in this case, um, knowing full well that that by not doing anything would probably end with a higher appeals court. You know, just issuing a uh, issuing a statement for without looking through anything, without mm -hmm. allowing anyone to prepare. Um, further, further case preparation, and and again, I don't know the whole appeals court process yes. and things like that, but um, obviously, what this does for now is allows us um, as California citizens to um, to possess uh, high capacity magazines or standard capacity magazines. Sorry, I keep doing that. I've been brainwashed uh, by living <laughs> in California for too long. Um, but to for us to possess um, standard capacity magazines, assuming that um, they were purchased during this time period. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, and, and, you know, I think, uh, what happens is if judge Benitez does not, um, issue the stay, uh, California is just going to come back and try to pass something even more ridiculous. Right. And so I think <laughs> that they, I, I, I think that it was a great step for second amendment, yes. um, um, 
proponent um, proponents basically uh, for him to have um, ruled it unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Allowed so many magazines to enter the state, and I don't know the numbers. I don't think anyone really knows the numbers yet. They, yeah. I, I've heard um, hundreds of thousands. I've even heard into the millions of magazines were imported and sold into the state during this time period. Um, but then he also did us a huge favor, as well as the other side, um, by issuing this day, because I think that was really a true way for him to say, okay, we're both going to meet in the middle. Yeah. They're still going to be able to possess, but we're not going to let them purchase anymore. And we're going to figure this out. We're going to go. We're going to appeal this. We're going to go through the proper channels mm. rather than just getting mad at one another and just passing, you know, stuff, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I guess the way I look at it is there is no off switch. Yeah. You know, there is no easy way to just say, okay, even though, you know, I think it's unconstitutional. Yeah. There's no uh, off switch to change the culture and just everybody, you know, in California is going to be okay with it and say, okay, well, um, that's what he ruled. So I'm yeah. fine with it. You know, yeah. like, there's going to be a lot of people that are up in arms and, and, and even if I think they're wrong, um, you know, and, and in this, and I, I don't want any of our listeners to think that I'm, I'm okay with the fact that, that, that it went back to the way that it was. Mm. Um, I'm not, it's, it yeah. is unconstitutional and I, I, I feel that I'm totally entitled to my rights. However, um, in, in good faith of, uh, further progress yes. on both sides, um, yeah, we're not giving up. <laughs> no, we are not giving <laughs> you up. You know, I'm not happy with this either. Uh-uh. Um, you know? But I understand why it was done. And mm-hmm. it was done in good faith, not done in in um, in the fact that we were backing down. It was actually done to protect us, um, which is the most most important thing. Yeah. Um, and so that's one of those things that I think uh, I, I saw a lot of. But, um, you know, to continue kind of on that note... Um, what were some of the things that kind of you saw, read, heard during this last week? I mean, it's it, like I just feel like social media. I'm I'm not. I like social media, um, but I'm not super super addicted mm-hmm. to it. I don't really post a whole lot on personal pages and things like that. But I have to say, I spent more time on social media this last week than I probably have in a long time. Yeah, you know, um, it was it was pretty interesting to see um, how supportive you know some of the people could be. And we did talk about Mr. Guns and Gear and uh, earlier in the in this uh, episode, and yeah, it, it was pretty neat to see him rooting for California so Absolutely. much. Absolutely, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Um, and and what was really cool was when it first started, and he first published a few things. Um, it kind of blew my mind. Like, wow, this um, uh, Mr. Guns and Gear is this just a huge figure in the gun community. Um, and you know, he's from back East and in, in, um, a state that doesn't have a lot of the same issues. Actually, I don't think hardly any of the same issues <laughs> that we have here, which is amazing for him. And that's really cool. Um, but for him to really take so much, uh, time and effort and, um, and, and so much of his, uh, his platform that he's built for himself and, and for the gun, gun community. But, um, you know, he, you know, to take all that time out of his own schedule to do all of that for, us as yeah, Californians. I, I think the major difference um, between someone like him and, you know, like the retailers is the retailers are, are making a profit. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not saying that, that they're being selfish and they no, don't care about the profit. A lot of them were selling as, as close to cost as they could yeah. to help us out. You and know? Uh, But a, a guy like um, 
like Mr. Guns and Gear has no really no dog in the fight to be <laughs> right, honest. Like, right, you know, for what, us, does he, what yeah. does he care if California's uh, <laughs> King by magazines or not? You know, yeah. I mean, obviously he cares just because he knows what it, he probably knows. Yeah, what he, it would, it's like the trickle down effect. Yeah, that he, w- he knows it, he knows what it'd be like if he couldn't. Uh, own yeah, what he wanted. To and own so it was really cool to see him. And then you know, like I said, when it when he first started coming out with a lot of the videos and in, informative posts and letting us know, okay, now I've spoken specifically with this retailer, they're going to start shipping in California. I was on the phone with this retailer they're going to start shipping in california i got in touch with um these guys they're going to ship to california that was really cool and it was really cool to see all the people from across the nation going what the heck is going on in california we didn't even know about this or we knew about this like like crazy this is crazy awesome for you guys um but what was really cool is as the week progressed i began to start seeing people in the comments and in the thread the feeds of of um of all these different social media outlets going um, I'm not ordering anything from these sites for the next week so uh-huh. that way Californians can get their orders processed. And it was really cool to see people from other states start going, Californians, put in your order. We're yeah. not ordering anything this week. You get it yeah, done. Yeah, kind of come know? together, you know? Yeah, as a, as a nation. And um, to me, that was really cool. That was just like, it kind of blew my mind knowing that people were going like, hey, I'm not ordering mags this week. You guys go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because, um, you know, a lot of people know that I have the podcast and stuff and... Um, so a lot of people were asking me directly, you know, hey, what is this true? And, um, you know, so that really made me kind of uh, look into it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, when Ryan and I first talked about it, I'd, like I said, he was probably the first one that I actually talked about it with. And that's when I was originally thinking that it was just <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, it's, it's the, they're talking about the grandfathered in ones. It's, it has nothing yeah. to do with. Are, are you kidding me? We're going to be yeah. Uh, California. Yeah. Are you serious? Well, Do you and, know where you live? And the proximity <laughs> of it to, um, and I know this is so stupid, but the proximity of it to April Fool's Day, April 1st, <laughs> kind of was like, had me going like, okay, maybe this is like just the most elaborate April Fool's prank, like on Second Amendment yeah. <laughs> supporters. And for me, you know, in my personal life, I had a lot of things going on. This was actually probably one of the worst weeks for something like this to happen. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a lot of free time to, me as well. to yeah. go out and um, try to get anything. Um, so, it, it, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of time to really uh, focus on it. You know, it yeah. was, it was uh, but I started getting so many questions and even yep. from... I have friends that live out of state, and uh, I got a text from one of my friends that used to live in California. Now he doesn't, uh, you know, asking me, "Is this is this for real? Is yeah. you know what I'm yeah. hearing? You know, can are you are you guys yeah. free?" <laughs> yeah, same same with me. I had quite a few friends that um, that uh, text me or or uh, called me and said, "Hey, are you seeing this? You you know, I know." Um, you're a gun enthusiast. I'm a gun enthusiast. You know, what, what do we do? What do I need to know about this? Yeah. And, and it's kind of weird. I've never, ever thought of myself as an authority on any of it. Um, I still don't, but yeah. yet uh, everyone was turning to the two of us and asking us, well, well I, what's going on? You know, you know, I just think they, they know that we care about it. Right. So, yeah. And they know um, that we're, uh, we're willing to actually sit down and read yeah. things too, you know? Um, but yeah, same, same for me. It was a really tough week for it to have happened. I had a lot going on in my personal life. Um, nothing, nothing bad, but just yeah. very busy. Yeah, just um, busy. And so, uh, it, yeah, this was, isn't my main job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so it was pretty crazy as I'm, you know, going through it, looking it up for, um, for some friends, you know, uh, from around town and yeah, even, even had some people from out of state, both family and friends letting me know, Hey, I saw this, is this real? Is, you know, what are, you know, um, what's going on? I have no idea. And, and so it was really, really cool to be able to go, Oh yeah, this is, this is what I know about it, but obviously do your fact checking and then, yeah. you know, um, and it was really neat to see everyone's different interpretation of things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think for me, that was pretty cool too, to see everyone really getting involved with let's research it and look it up. And I mean, um, you know, there was a lot of people online that were providing opinions and it was just really cool to see so many people coming together. Um, again, even tons of people that aren't even from California yeah. putting in their input of, Hey guys, let's, you know, maybe you should look into this or that, or, Oh, um, you know, go ahead and, um, uh, put in your, again, put in your orders. We're not yeah. ordering anything. We want you guys to make sure that you get freedom and, and all the memes and, and posts and pictures. <laughs> I mean, it was just, um, it was amazing. It was really, really, really cool to see yeah, the gun community come cons together. Consumed the gun community for a week. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still, it still kind of is. It's, it's been over for the for a day now, and people are still talking. Yeah, about Yeah, my it. social media feed on my personal account is, uh, you know, a lot of the same um, gun stuff. Yeah. That's you know, like a smoke smoke the podcast account, but. Uh, you know, so it's you just scroll through and you're like, man, this is this is really taking over right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's such big news and it was it was exciting while it lasts, and that's why I'm talking about the roller coaster. You know. Yeah. Um, I from the beginning um, don't want to be a pessimist, but I figured that that it would come to an end soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also think that a lot of Californians did too, because that's why they went out and bought so many. Right. Yeah, and um, we saw um, we saw on social media, and I even saw in person that. Um, uh, at a few stores, just the amount of long lines, the, the, just crazy. I mean, it was like black Friday for the, for the gun community, but for a whole week. Mm -hmm. Um, in fact, um, the morning that, uh, the, the Saturday morning. So the day after it, it had kind of published, they didn't, I don't think they did the press release on Friday night until late in the evening. Uh -huh. So it really didn't start surfacing until Saturday, which was the 30th, I believe. No, the 20. Yeah, 30th, right? Saturday well, was the 30th. Yeah, yeah. the 30th. Um, and I happened to stop in at a local gun shop just to pick up some parts for um, for uh, one of my AR builds and uh, was just blown away by the amount of people in there. I had already read read the story over my cup of coffee that morning and, and had gone in there. And it was just wall-to-wall -wall people. And, and the guy behind the counter is like, hey, it just came out last night. We have no news. Like, yes. our lawyers are on it. You know, corporate's trying to figure out what to do. Like, I promise as soon as we have something, we're going to flood social media with it. We'll send out emails. Like, we'll do whatever we have to do to make sure that you guys know. But as of right now, I mean, this literally happened less than 24 hours ago. And um, Yeah, like, like most things, you know, that happen <laughs> – a lot of a lot of people just don't know what to do. So you, <laughs> they, you go you go to the store, and then once you once you think about it, you're like, okay, well, yeah. how how can I really expect them to have magazines overnight? Within, yeah. yeah, within you know twelve hours of an announcement. Yeah, know? and when when I'm sure, um, I know one of the one of the. Um, employees had mentioned he goes i didn't even hear about it until i got to work this morning mm -hmm. you know and um they're like it's not like we have a bunch of high or standard capacity magazines in the back room that we can now yeah, just, just start waiting just start flooding <laughs> out now that it's legal you know and um he goes it's not like we got bazookas and other stuff back there that have been illegal for years that we're waiting for the day yeah. that they become legal and we're just flooding the shelves the with automatics them. and everything back no there. it wasn't like that at all and so it was really really um quite interesting to see that and then um that same day is when things just started blowing Growing up on social media, um, it was pretty cool to see a lot of the big name, um, you know, people like Colin Noir was posting about it on mm -hmm. his page, and he's a huge representative for the um, NRA and, and all of the NRA um, supporters were out there. The California uh, Rifle and Pistol or Pistol and Rifle, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these pro. CPR, yeah. um, 
you know, CPRA, a lot of these pro gun groups started posting about it again, Mr. Uh, Guns and Gear, but, uh, there were a lot of other, um, California based, uh, social media guys that were posting about it. It's just insane to see Saturday, how it started out with one or two little articles to by the evening, my entire feed was literally, um, I could probably have sat there for 10 minutes just reading, um, articles on it oh, and yeah. watching videos and, and things like that. Um, and then not only that, but the amount of guys, um, again, we keep uh, pointing out Mr. Guns and Gear, but it was because he was posting some of the best deals out yeah. there too. Um, saying, which he always does. Which he, he always does, and we thank him so much for that. <laughs> My bank account doesn't, but but I do. Um, but it was just really cool to be able to see, okay, these these um, people are – I know um, there were a few websites, Brownells, uh, Palmetto State Armory all had banners on their uh, website that uh, freedom in California, we're sending freedom to California, yeah. you know. And so it was just really neat to see all of that. A lot of the stores hired uh, – like we said earlier, hired uh, uh, temporary employees to help sell. Um, some of them were even transporting these magazines uh, by whatever vehicles they had available. Yeah, it like, seemed like just, their own personal vehicles. It seemed like their own personal vehicles, and um, it just seemed like they were just driving back and forth, back and forth from uh, warehouses. And I don't know, I don't know, but uh, Magpul got on it and just had hundreds of thousands of PMAG shipped in, mm-hmm. and. Um, the downside, the one thing that, that I can say was an absolute downside to the whole thing um, was that there was just such a limited selection, but you can't really expect much in a week. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of the magazines for very specific uh, calibers and, and specific pistols and, and the models that weren't so popular weren't really being uh, sold just because they couldn't get their hands on mass quantities of them. And so that was kind of – that was definitely frustrating for a lot of people out there. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it is it is what it is. So. Yeah, for me, uh, you know – I know if I would have um, put up a little extra effort, I could have definitely got uh, some 30-round uh, magazines for my AR. And um, But that's, that's, that wasn't my, uh, uh, my primary focus. I wanted some, some pistol magazines because that's a little more important to me. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to say one way or the other yeah. if, if I participated or not participated <laughs> in any of it. Um, I'm also not going to say that some of what I may or may not have been looking for was really hard to find. So (laughs) Um, (laughs) that being said, again, not, not saying one way or the other, but it was a great week. (laughs) Yeah, it was a big week for a lot of people. Um, Really, you know, a lot of people uh, were able to get their hands on what they needed and, you know, I'm, I'm glad for that. Yeah. Um, the the other thing, um, and this isn't in the in in any of the notes that that I had kind of prepared or even looked over, but something that was stated on um, social media by multiple um, multiple people and multiple outlets is the fact that um, the more magazines that entered the state during this time period, uh, the more it contributes to things like common use, uh-huh. um, which is a legal term set in, in certain cases back. Um, and, it, and it's legal precedent, basically, that the things that are very common use uh, should be available to all. And so that's one of the really good defenses for Second Amendment uh-huh. supporters is that, well, the rest of the nation has them or they're so common that w- there's no reason to really have a restriction on them. Yeah. Um, and so that was really cool because this really did help to build the common use. And it also just shows that we still have fight here. Um, I know that there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years of just how tough it's been getting in California and and almost uh, from a lot of other states saying, man, California is a lost cause mm-hmm. and it's California and you guys, you know, just got to get out of the state. 
And so that was kind of what I thought I was going to see a lot of this week. And like I said, I was pleasantly surprised with the fact that there was just so much support for us. Yeah, and maybe the manufacturers can uh, see that they have such a huge market out here um, that's kind of uh, being wasted, you know, and and hopefully they'll put a little more effort into helping us out. lobbying or doing what Mm -hmm. they need to do. I'm pretty sure Magpul probably made more in sales in the last week, (laughs) you know, than they probably have in a long time. and. Um, so yeah, that was really, really cool to see. And, um, and it was, it was insane seeing even, um, I know there were a lot of people posting that they were buying magazines for guns that they don't even own yet and, uh, and things like that. And so that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, it was just, it was really, really, um, it was, it was really awesome, really awesome. Um, just to see all that come together. Yeah, it it was, uh, like I said a couple of times, it was a roller coaster. It was. (laughs) Yeah. There was that skeptical, like, uh, I don't know, you know, I was, I was skeptical when I read the article or before I started reading the article, then I was like, oh my gosh, this is true. I reread it and I was like, I think this is true. And then kind of got deflated a little bit when I talked to you. And then I was like, I've read part of it to you over the phone and I'm like, no, this is what it says. (laughs) Like it's gotta be. And then by, by Saturday evening, I was like, okay, this is, it's, it's for real. Um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. Well, um, do you have anything that you'd like to add? No, I, I am just so pleasantly uh, surprised and, and just so pleased with the amount of support that our state got this mm-hmm. week. Um, felt good. <laughs> it, yeah, it felt really good to finally feel like we can contribute to uh, some of the, the gun posting and things <laughs> like that. I always feel like it, things get posted. It's like, well, handgun roster, can't look yeah. at that. Yep. Oh, high capacity magazine ban, can't look at that. You know, like uh, featureless AR, can't look at that, yeah. you know. And so um, – so yeah, that was that was one of those uh, things where I was just sitting there going like, man, this is really cool to be able to look at that and go, oh, I can buy that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll say, not to be a downer, but um, um, I just want to mention that my interpretation of the California assault rifle classification, um, which uh, for those of you who don't know, you know, um, the, the non-feature list, you know, the pistol grip. The mag lock yeah, style. Mag lock style. Um, if you have that style of an AR-15. AR-15 that has a bullet button that's a registered assault rifle, um, I... It's not a bullet button. It's no, a, no, no. Well, oh, bullet button, bullet button yes. too? Okay. No, bullet button... If you have a bullet button, you have to register as an assault rifle. Right, you have, right, right. If you have the mag lock, it doesn't. That's Sorry, the, I, I thought we don't talk about <laughs> that's completely different. people who've registered. The, the only reason why I'm bringing that up is I believe that in that law, um, it clearly states the 10-round... Uh, magazine rule and you cannot uh use the 30 rounders or the the, the unless larger capacity you convert magazines. to feature list unless you convert to feature which list. was also my interpretation and i believe quite a few of the california gun um companies and stores and mm-hmm. manufacturers all felt the same way now um there's a lot of people out of state that don't even know uh, anything about those laws which is why we did our our, yeah. our episode on on feature lists versus maglock versus you know um the old registry style or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Cause yeah. So if, if you have a mag lock style or, or, you know, a, you, I don't even know how you would register as a assault rifle. You can't anymore. But <laughs> yeah. if you had prior, if you had yeah. registered prior to the deadline, then I would, um, highly caution you. Yeah. No, I, I would just, uh, encourage you to look it up for yourself and make your own judgment. And until then I would highly caution you just not yeah. even to have anything in yeah, it. Yeah. Because it's just, it's not worth it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah. 
but yeah, that's no, and that, that's not a, that's actually not a, uh, I know you said it's kind of a downer, but, um, that's actually not, it's, it's, you're, you know, we're looking out for, for everybody as, as best we can and as yeah. best we can interpret. So I think that that's actually really good. So I'm glad you added that in there. Um, you want to take a revisit on this? Uh, cigar? Yeah. Um, let's, let's revisit the cigar for sure. Uh, again, same thing. Uh, have not. Sorry, we're we're recording outside yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, we don't smoke inside the house. We don't. So, yeah. It, so we got like a little airplane going by. Or yeah, there's a little local <laughs> airport, and so I think that's a plane that's flying by. So if you ever hear anything in the background, planes, lawnmowers, dogs, people at at the park. Or yeah, whatever. we're literally just sitting in the backyard smoking a cigar and talking. Yeah. So if you ever hear that, that's why. Um, if you're ever like, why on earth has like have I been hearing all these weird sound <laughs> effects in the backyard? Like, why would they put all that in there? Um, that's why. But uh, anyways, uh, as I was saying, uh, this cigar is is just really, really, um, really good. It's it's staying lit. It's one that uh, honestly I probably would buy it in a robusto. Um, the Churchill's a tad long for me, which is kind of funny considering I I like to smoke quite a bit, but um, I still I'm I'm not even through the second third yet. <laughs> yeah, and I would um, I would add I don't think I think the strength might be mild because. Um, I don't feel any effects, and this we'll is, this see, is pretty, see when we stand up. This but is yeah. a pretty long cigar. It is, um, um, but pretty flavorful. It was a great, it was a great choice for tonight, um, just because we were able to smoke it slowly and and really just uh, dive into the topic, though. Yeah, and just to revisit the whiskey real quick, it's Maker's Mark. It has uh, mellowed out with <laughs> uh, the ice melting. Um, I don't ever drink it straight. Um, I don't, I don't really mix bourbons too much, but uh, Maker's Mark ginger ale and bitters is one of my favorite drinks um so to drink it straight you know I, it's okay yeah it's not uh it's not really uh surprising you know it's just it's kind of just your basic bourbon it's not really not really too much uh too, too it's not really too interesting you know um yeah i would agree there's there's not a whole lot to it it's it's definitely a classic bourbon yeah. um it just tastes like a classic bourbon i think uh I could drink it on the rocks. I probably won't. Um, if I mix whiskey, it's usually just with Coke, um, Coca-Cola, and uh, and that's that's how I like it. That's probably how I would prefer to drink Maker's Mark. Um, there, surprisingly, I, I we haven't done it on this podcast yet, but I know we will. But um, I prefer to drink uh, Jim Beam straight over Maker's Mark if I had to drink one or the other, Ooh. which is funny because Jim Beam is cheaper and <laughs> I don't know, I, but I, I don't mind it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a simple American bourbon. It's good. All right. Well, uh, follow us, Facebook, smoke the podcast, Instagram at smoke the podcast. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Our 10th episode is complete. Thank you everybody. Yeah. Thank you. And have a good night. Yeah, I thought that. I think we had a lot to talk about.